Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. Today's message comes from Sean Bona. Good morning, everybody. I am excited for this and to go off of Pastor Dan. I consider it to be fall, so... <laughs> Happy fall. I don't, you know, some, it's not technically the first day of fall, but when, when school starts and when life groups start, to me, that's fall. Yeah. My name is Sean Bono. I've had the absolute honor and a privilege and pleasure of serving as a life group director here at CCC for about a year now. And the life group leaders here at CCC, they're an incredibly awesome group of individuals, and I'm sure everybody would agree with that. And I, be, I feel blessed to be able to minister alongside the folks that are doing the life groups. Uh, they're consistently striving for the kingdom of God. And some of the life group leaders here, they've been leading groups for years. And there's so much collective wisdom that is in the family of leaders. They open up their homes. They develop custom content that they prayerfully craft specific to their life group. They fervently pray over each of their members Some even prepare food and meals. In other words, they share their lives. And we're wonderfully blessed that that they have answered the call uh, to serve the kingdom in the life group ministry. I want to ask, are there any life group leaders here in the audience say either you have been a life group leader in the past or you're going to be a life group leader in the fall? Could you stand up, please? And can we give these folks a round of applause for all of it? Thank you so much. Thank you so very much for all that you do. I'm especially excited about today because number one, I have the honor and pleasure of, of, of sharing the word of God. And then number two, I get to talk about life groups. And, and these are literally the two favorite things that I have here at CCC, so I can't wait to get started. So to give you guys a little bit of an update on the fall life groups, we've had a great increase over last fall, which is incredible. There's a lot more folks that have registered for life groups this fall than than last fall. We have 408 distinct individuals that register for groups, over 541 registrations. Because some of y'all are, are, yeah, that that does need applause. Because some folks join two or more groups. And uh, so that's why we have that, those two different numbers there. And if you, if you still, as, as Sean had mentioned, if you still would like to register for a group, you can grab a pamphlet in the lobby. Uh, there's little baskets of the pamphlets so you can look through the life groups. And then when you go online, you'll see if, if any are marked as closed, it'll say that on the online form. Uh, but a lot of the groups are still open. So uh, you still have the opportunity to sign up for one. So if you're just coming back from vacation or you just forgot and it got away from you, there's still time. And I got some exciting news to share. The family of life group leaders here are are interested in putting out some more support for us, and they want to get to know you and answer your questions to find the very best, most perfect life group that fits in your current spiritual season. And so we'll be having at least one or two life group leaders at the Next Steps desk throughout the fall semester to answer your questions. And you don't have to worry about them giving you a hard sell on any one particular group. And now, of course, if If you want to ask them about their own group, they'd be delighted to talk to you all about their individual group, but they're more passionate about finding the perfect group that's for you and that's best for your current spiritual season. So don't don't be afraid to stop by today right after the service uh, at the table outside in the lobby. So today marks the kickoff of this month's new sermon series called This Is Us. 
And here at CCC, we make it an effort to live out our core values on a daily basis, and not just Sunday, but Monday through Saturday as well. And we do this by following what's commonly known as the GRACE acronym. And if you've been here for a while, you probably are familiar with it. And we'll go ahead and review it really quick for today. So first, we strive to place God, and and each of the letters in GRACE stands for something, so I'll go through each of the letters. So first, we strive to place God first in everything that we do. That's the first G. And we're unashamed of the bold truth that uh, that we're communicating through the gospel to the world. Second, we're proud of the efforts that our church takes to build community and seek transformation through the context of relationships. That's the R, relationships matter. Third, we believe that we're called by the Lord to serve one another through acts of service. That's the A, acts of service, both locally and on the other side of the world and everywhere in between. And fourth, we recognize that the needs and desires of our neighbors are as important as our own through a sense of deep compassion. That's the C. And fifth, we live by the worldview that holds that everything belongs to God. That's the, last, that's the last letter, E. And this is especially seen in how highly of a value we place on prayer here at this church. And you probably saw this coming, but if we're talking about life groups today, that means we're going to talk about the R in the acronym, Relationships Matter. So for today's message, we'll be looking to the book of John, chapter 17, to dive into one of the most powerful prayers that Jesus gives within the gospel. So if you'd like, go ahead and please turn your scriptures, or your Bibles to John, chapter 17. And in this piece of scripture, to sort of piggyback off what Pastor Tony was saying, To give some context, this is nearing the end of the Last Supper and just moments away from Jesus' arrest. In the book of John, we saw the Last Supper lasts from chapters 13 through 17. Just a few chapters before, Jesus asked his disciples, as Pastor Tony mentioned, to love one another as he loves them, that there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And also at this point in the evening, before this prayer, Jesus has already told the disciples who the Holy Spirit is and that he's coming. At this point of the evening, Judas has already left the Passover meal. And at this point of the evening, Peter's betrayal has already been foretold earlier in the dinner. So as was mentioned, the emotions here are running a little high. It's a shift. There's something different that's going on during this time of the Passover meal. And because all of these, after all these events are occurring, then Jesus kicks off his prayer at the beginning of John chapter 17 with this sort of a context. He says, this is verses one through four of of John 17. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. So this is it, folks. He's just saying his job on earth is done. It's finished. He is effectively dropping the proverbial mic here in this prayer. So just a short while later, he says in verse 11 and 13 that I, Jesus, am going to you, God. So he's saying, I'm coming to you, God. He has completed his mission in the flesh, and it's time for the next chapter. So he is being quite clear with his disciples that this is their final moments of time that they're spending together. So let's read the section of prayer that will be actually our focus for today's message. And that's John chapter 17, verses 13 through 22. And so what we'll do is we'll read the whole prayer, or at least the section of the prayer in its entirety, and then we'll kind of go back and comment on it. So let's begin 13 through 22. 
I am coming to you now, this is Jesus speaking to God, but I say these things while I am still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. That's the disciples. I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. First of all, it's worth noting here that while he's talking to God about his disciples, he is, by extension, talking about you and me. Right After all, he says in verse 20, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. So that's kind of us, right? If, if you and I are Christ followers who declare Lord as our, uh, Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and if we follow him in a manner that gives him permission to have rule over our lives, then we are also his disciples in the modern day and age. So as you're looking over this little bit of scripture, insert yourself into this discussion that Jesus is having between uh, himself and God and, and the disciples. But this prayer is so incredible because he makes some amazing declarations here. While there are a lot of great things that can be pulled from this prayer, today I just wanna focus on four takeaways from this prayer that jumped out on me. Now, usually at this point of the sermon, the the speaker or the pastor will kind of go through each of the points and explain each of them. And and certainly while I'm going to do that uh, and give them the respect that each point deserves, I was thinking of doing something a little bit different today. And probably some of you are wondering what this big wall here is for. That uh, instead of me coming up with ways to tie the scripture into our life group ministry here at CCC, I was hoping instead that you folks would help me unpack today's scripture. And the cool part is that you already have told me in advance what your thoughts were on today's sermon. (laughs) So some of you are probably really wondering what's going on. Well, earlier this year in April, we sent out a survey to the church, and it was an online survey to share what you thought of the life group experience here at CCC. So we did this for a few reasons. First, we asked you to fill out the survey because we eagerly wanted to know what the Lord was doing in the community, in the life group ministry. You know, the church is called to build relationships together, to learn together, to serve the world together. And while we experience a good amount of that here on Sunday service, that's not the entire picture of the community of believers. When we become Christians, God doesn't move in our lives only on Sundays between the hours of 10 a.m. and 12 p.m., right? So we're delighted to hear about what the Lord is doing outside of Sunday within the life group ministry. The second reason why we asked to fill out the survey is because we want to know how better we can serve you. You know, if there's, if there's something that the life group ministry can do for you and meet you in your current season of spiritual growth, we'd love to know what that is. We, uh, we actually got feedback asking for a men's Bible study. We've got that group kicking back off again this fall. We had feedback asking for a group that connects mentors and mentees. We actually have that group here in the fall as well. We had feedback asking for more outreach events that that help the the sick and the needy. And we actually have two new groups now that have been added to the roster. So we have a total of three outreach groups now in the pamphlet that you could sign up for. 
There was feedback for a group that helps us learn how to pray. You know, what is prayer? How do you, how do you pray in front of other people? What, what are the different kinds of prayer? We've got that group starting up this fall as well. And I always get a kick out of this one because this is so funny. We received feedback, some, some kind of feedback that was asking for groups that had less of a learning spiritual component. And then we received other surveys that asked for more groups that had a learning spiritual component. So, the, so how we did that or how we addressed that is we started to introduce the love-learn-serve ratio within the catalog to help communicate what each group has in terms of a, a love relationship building percentage to the group or a learning or, and also to a serving component to the group. Has that been helping everybody in, in them picking out their groups for the fall? And we did that last uh, spring as well here. Has it helped? That's good. All the life group leaders care deeply for you and we're praying for you. And that sort of leads into the third reason why that we sent out the survey is because we would like to know how we can pray for you. And one of the goals of the life group ministry here at CCC is to be able to say that every person is prayed over and covered by their name in prayer on a weekly basis, whether it's by their life group leader, but also too by their life, fellow life group members. So in regards to the survey, we'll try and send it out twice a year after each of the uh, semesters. And when you complete the survey after each life group experience you've had, it helps us tremendously in knowing how we can better serve you. And of the responses that we received from the survey that was sent out in April, we noticed that there was a trend in some of the comments that you guys provided in your responses. So today, I'd like to share with you a few of those comments that you had sent in when talking about the life group ministry here at CCC. So the first takeaway I'd like to extract from Jesus's prayer is, number one, that we will experience the full measure of the joy of the Lord. This is from verse 13 of Jesus's prayer. And to help me unpack this, I'd like to read a comment from one of the surveys that we got this year. And it reads, joining our life group has been a wonderful experience. We have had the opportunity to get to know a lot of people. We have grown in our faith walk and we have had fun along the way. What a blessing. I love how the individual celebrated the amount of fun that they are being able, that they're having within the life group. And I've heard of some groups that go out to eat, that they've gone to Top Golf. I've heard of another life group that launches pumpkins across a field and watch them explode on impact. I mean, there are some groups out here that are having a blast in the life group ministry here. It reminds me of what Jesus says in his prayer in verse 13, where he says, I say these things so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. Now, when he says this, he, he means that our joy is made complete, right? In other words, fulfilled. And this term is sometimes used in scriptures when prophecy comes true, or sometimes it's used when someone's filled up with something like the Holy Spirit, as we see in the book of Acts. So it may not be the exact same thing as having fun, but there's a similarity here when we're talking about this in the context of life groups. There's this kind of certainty. There's this kind of assuredness to this joy. There's, this isn't a fleeting happiness that depends on what's going on in our lives that day or how we feel in that moment. Instead, this is, this is the kind of joy that you can have absolute confidence in receiving because Jesus promises it. No longer will you feel lost. No longer will you feel alone. So that when you're in a life group, you will be a part of a community where you know that you know that you belong and you'll possess a joy of the soul that cannot be taken away by the evil one. A second takeaway I'd like to extract from Jesus's prayer is that we are not of the world, but instead only in the world, just like he is. And that comes from verses 14 to 15. 
And to help me unpack this, I'd like to share a comment from one of the surveys that says, this group is my support system. In storms or happiness, we have each other's backs. Every person in our group has God in their heart, and our planned outings are always filled with fun. God sure knows what he is doing in this group. What a powerful comment that is. This testimony from a CCC member was incredible because it makes a powerful declaration that their life group is their core community. Being a part of a life group, it allows you to be in immediate contact with the group of individuals that truly care for you. I remember the flood that occurred five years ago. Remember that? That happened in the Metroid area. A lot of basements were damaged uh, because of the flood. And I remember within the life group that we had at the time, one of the guys of the group texted the group. It was probably about six or seven o'clock that night. And he texted us a picture of his flooded basement. And it broke my heart. And that night, the guys were on the text group finding out how we can help them. Some of us were there even that night to help he and his wife get that basement back to normal. But see, it doesn't have to be literal floods. It could be spiritual floods, emotional floods that happen in your life where the evil one just bombards you with temptations or onslaughts of spiritual attacks. Jesus says in verses 15 and 16 that my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They're not of the world, even as I am not of it. In other words, being a Christian doesn't mean that we won't experience the painful challenges that this world brings it. If, if it was in the middle of like the coldest week, of the year, and we were staying in a cabin, we want to warm up somehow, most likely the cabin is drafty and poorly insulated, because that's what happens. If we were cold and wanted to warm up, we would go to the fire that's usually put into a larger living room, a larger living area where everybody can gather and where the fire can be maintained. We wouldn't move away from that fire. That's counterintuitive. Likewise, if we want to experience more of God and experience his warmth of the fire of his spirit, we wouldn't move away from where he is. Instead, we'd go toward him. And if he's moving within the community of believers, within life groups, that's where we move to in order to receive that warmth. The elements outside of the cabin, the weather outside, they're still harsh. It's still cold. It's still winter. It hasn't changed. But our positioning of ourselves to be closer to the fire drastically impacts our ability to handle the elements that are outside of our control. If we choose not to come to the area where the fire's being kept, we'll find ourselves shivering. We won't be able to see because there's not as much light in the room. We'll be unable to focus on anything else that's going on in our lives because all we can focus on is how cold and hard it is to live in the moments that we are in. But Jesus is saying, come closer to me. I've built this fire to give you the warmth. I've built this community of believers. We'll get to know the other members of that cabin. We'll be weathering the storms of life together. We'll help each other at keeping the fire strong and healthy so that we can all benefit from the warmth. And it helps to have more individuals to be alongside you because when you're spiritually tired, because that's going to happen, and you need to take a rest, there will be other individuals that are wide awake who can then continue to stoke the fire and keep that fire going and keep everybody warm. Because it's not a matter of if life happens and challenges arises and enemy attacks you and will get tired. It's a matter of when. The question is, will you already be among the community of believers when it does occur? The third takeaway I'd like to extract from Jesus' prayer is this, that his word is truth and that we are sanctified by his word. And that's verse 17. And to help me unpack this, I'd like to choose a quote from one of the surveys where a CCC member said, my life group has brought me closer to God 
I read the Word and understand more than I have in over 20 years. It has transformed me, and I have been blessed by God ever since. Incredible. So this CCC member, what drew me to this particular response was that this, they said that because of this person's life group, they have been able to apply the Word of God more to their lives. They've been able to, to digest the Word of God more in their lives, and more than the ever, it seems to be, in their life. And this year, it's kind of funny, I, I feel like I've spent the most time I ever talking to a particular organization that looks like Christianity, but isn't really Christianity when you dig into it. And usually, um, uh, they, they boil it down to Jesus not being God. Uh, they simply say he's an angel. And, and some of you know, might know what organization I'm talking about. Well, I'm no Abdu Murray, but I feel like I can probably hold my own at least a little bit to ask some intriguing and good conversation questions to get the person to start thinking about what they have uh, that they're trying to share. And uh, usually it boils down to the Trinity and who, who Christ is. But there are organizations that purposefully take out key principles that are foundational to the theology of Christianity. And when they do that, it allows them to be able to shoehorn certain arguments into what they instead want to be true. They'll take the original Greek and they'll just change one word or just take out one word. And because they do that, it changes the entire trajectory of the rest of their worldview just by doing that one tiny thing. So that in order for them to become the ultimate authority of their lives and the lives of others, they've got to take Jesus out of the equation. And you and I, we give these organizations a hard time and about making such audacious omissions of Jesus' deity uh, sense of, and, and sense of lordship just to make our own li- their own lives more comfortable. But how guilty are we are of something similar? Now, don't get me wrong, we're not blatantly heretical, right? We don't say that Jesus is not Lord. Well, what do we say with our actions? Do we compartmentalize Jesus and ask him to be Lord of our afterlife? but then hold him back when he wants to be Lord of our now life? We never tell Jesus outright to take a hike, but maybe we've asked him to stand on the other side of the room so that way we can be more comfortable in our current situation. I may give lip service to Jesus being Lord, but going to church every Sunday, oh, I got sleep to catch up on. Or reading my Bible, I've got some juicy Netflix shows that I've been meaning to binge watch recently. Or attending the life group. Well, you know, that softball league that I signed up for meets on the one day of the week of the one group that I'm looking at of the whole entire pamphlet of 40 plus life groups. And, you know, I just can't find any other groups that are available for me. As Pastor Tony just mentioned, we finished a sermon series on James where in that book it's noted that we must be doers of the word and not just listeners. And as we see in today's scripture, Jesus prays in verse 17 asking that we may be sanctified in truth and that God's word is truth. Sanctification is the present tense, the ongoing transformation that the Lord does in our lives and our hearts. And just like my conversation with these members of the other organizations, scripture is the beginning point of the entire outgrowth of every other aspect of our lives in order to let Jesus be Lord of our afterlife, in order to let Jesus be Lord of our now life, in order to be a doer of the word, we've got to know what the word says first. So Jesus is praying that his disciples become sanctified through the word. And the reason that we experience sanctification through the scriptures is because absorbing the word of God allows us to soak up the presence of God straight from the source. It's the very best place to hear what the Lord said because it's written to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. 
The fourth takeaway that I'd like to extract from Jesus' prayer is that we may experience community and relationship as purposeful and as deep that he has with both the Father and the Holy Spirit. And that's verses 21 to 22. And I'd like to unpack this by utilizing one of the quotes from one of our surveys where the CCC member said, it was refreshing being with men that share this same values. I became friends with guys that were attending CCC for years, but I had never met. One of the great things that our life group ministry is able to provide is the gift of friendship. And while I've had some incredible and enlightening conversations regarding scripture in my life groups, I can't help but realize that sometimes the moments of friendship are the ones that I remember the most years later. I remember the times when we did service projects and served the community together. I remember the times where we felt safe enough to talk about those really deep discussions. You know, the kind of things that guys can't really talk about with anybody else except other guys. But we were able to do that in a safe environment. I remember the times when we fasted and prayerfully sought the Lord together. And now, now I've done both cases where maybe you fast a little bit on your own and you fast with a group of people. And hands down, without a doubt, the experience of fasting and serving and pursuing the Lord together with a group of individuals is significantly more powerful once you are together. And the reason why is because you're going through the challenge together. You're uplifting one another. You're being there for one another. It doesn't have to be fasting. It can be anything that you guys work on together as a group. There's this feeling of being alive. It's like a sports team or the military about winning and achieving something together. It's been heard by those who have served in the military that they reflect on the times that they served as some of the most exhilarating and relationship-building years of their life, regardless of how dangerous and hostile the atmosphere around them might have been. They feel a deep brotherly bond with the other individuals in their unit that they knew that they knew that they belonged. The guys that I've been in with a life group, you know, might be years since I've seen them last, but it's so cool to be able to see them and give them a great big hug and catch up. It's a true, genuine connection, and you too can have that in your fall life group. Shameless plug for the guys in the church. So this Friday, we had the video online, or on the screen here that talked about uh, the guys' night out this Friday. It's an event you don't want to miss. I mean, the busyness of life, it's always going to be there, right? There, but there are certain markers of our lives where everything changes and the entire trajectory of your life is altered from that point of something magnificent happening. And this Friday is going to be one of those evenings where the decision you make in coming will connect you with a group of guys that are winning at life together that are supporting one another, that are building community together. So in the lobby after we dismiss, you can either register from your, from your phone, uh, or if you want, you just head out to the, to the Next Steps desk and, or the Life Group uh, desk out there, and we'll, we'll be able to help you sign up. Uh, because it's free to register, but when you get free food and guys, you gotta know how many guys are coming. So please register so we can properly prepare for that. Jesus says in verse 21 of our scripture today that, for those who believe in him, that they may all be one. This stunning vision that Jesus is saying here, it's an unending call for Christian community. This is a Trinitarian level like relationship. I mean, the kind of oneness that God himself experiences between himself the Father, the, and the Father and the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that we are made in the image of God, right? So when we have that desire to connect with others, to, to share lives with one another, to love one another, it's not hard to see why. It's because we're made in the image of God who exemplifies a perfect relationship and oneness 
within the Trinity. And that void that we sometimes experience in our hearts, that, that's commonly referred to as the God-sized hole or that God-sized void in our hearts. And the reason why is because only one person can possibly fill that void, and that's God himself. The only way we no longer feel purposelessness, no longer feel shame, no longer feel lost is by receiving the gift of eternal salvation that the Lord has given us to his, through his Son, Jesus Christ. So that when we do receive that gift, then building relationships in life groups, well, that becomes a natural outgrowth of our lives because we're living out what it means to be a Christ-following disciple that exemplifies the image of God. Earlier this year, Pastor Tony, he was speaking on June 2nd, and I marked it because I made notes on it. And in the middle of a sermon, he made a comment where he says, when everyone gets involved, everyone changes everything. And then right after that, he said, imagine if everyone registered for a life group. Wow, how cool would that be? How cool would that be? What an incredible thought. I truly believe our life group ministry is on its way to see Pastor Tony's vision come to fruition. We're, we life group leaders, we're so excited to start this semester with you. We can't wait to meet you. And if I could wrap up with prayer and then dismiss, again, there's going to be an opportunity to register for a group if you haven't outside the lobby. So, Lord, let's pray. Lord God, we're just so thankful for what you have blessed us with today. Uh, we are so thankful for this church, for the community of believers that we have the opportunity to be a part of. Uh, we're thankful for um, uh, the, the, the passion that you have given the life group leaders in terms of leading their, their life groups for this fall and for future semesters. Uh, Lord, we, experience, we pray that we can experience the full measure of the joy that you have promised us, Lord, that we're not of the world, but instead only in the world just like you are, that your word is truth, Lord, that we're sanctified by your word, and God, we just pray that we may experience community and relationship as purposeful and as deep that, he ha that you have with both the Father and the Holy Spirit. And uh, Lord, we just pray that you help us open our eyes, our ears, our hearts to what you have in store for us this fall semester through our life groups. In your son's precious name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, everybody. God bless you. Grab a cup of coffee and a donut. We'd love to get a chance to talk to you, meet you, and register for life group. Thanks again for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. For more messages like this and other resources, visit us online at cccsterling.org.